you are listening to Oh This Podcast on the Live 9 Podcast Network. This show may contain colorful language and topics. If you are sensitive to this, please be advised. Now on to the show. Everybody, welcome to another edition of Oh This Podcast. It is our 32nd episode. It is Shaq Diesel up in the house right now. We are recording our 32nd episode on the 22nd floor, drinking a beer. Steve, welcome to the studio. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty damn good. How about yourself? I'm I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah. Went up to uh, went up to some breweries this past week. Indeed, you got, did. Got, got some uh, of our tasty beer of the week. You so. procured some supplies, yeah, procured. some uh, some uh, uh, things to tide you through the uh, cooler uh, autumn and winter months. I inquired thusly about their product <laughs> offerings for the future future endeavors. But if we'll you were if you were to be taking a wagon across the country, you would have a small uh, cache of uh, you know, things that would keep you uh, warm and happy. Warm and fuzzy. Warm and fuzzy. Absolutely, but. Before we dive too much into the beer of the week, I just want to thank everybody who's been following us here. We're going to do some show metadata. If you don't know about the internet, it's this thing that connects multiple computers together. Go down to your jewel and get an AOL 40 hours for free disk. Exactly. We happen to be on this internet, the internets, the interwebs, whatever you choose for. You can find us at ohthispodcast.com. Hashtag on Twitter, oh, this podcast. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on pretty much iTunes, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are sold separately uh batteries not included and you don't have to pay for us you don't have to pay for it no. you don't yeah we're well, maybe in the future but i don't know about now yeah i mean you know th- we like to we like to provide the our bounty to Ooh. the people our cornucopia of sorts <laughs> to we're uh, almost to thanksgiving yes yes smorgasbord <laughs> canadian right. thanksgiving already happened uh, hey, hey <laughs> yeah don't you know don't you know so uh thank you again for everybody who's been supporting the show um, and even also in our brief hiatus, we've been taking some time uh, to deal with some family stuff and uh, travel and all travel this other and stuff. Work and, and uh, all life, that. Life has been interesting. Life it has been is. fun. Uh, but it's good to get back behind the microphones. As one some, might say, back in the saddle. Back in the saddle, the ones and twos. But let's take and kick it off right now. Steve, I alluded to going to the great land. Yes, you did. The good land, as the Algonquin <laughs> tribe would say. Not Milwaukee, but we went up to New Glarus this past weekend. Tell us what we're drinking, tell us why we're drinking it, and tell us what people can expect from it. Yeah, definitely. So Patrick went to, to New Glarus, as he just mentioned, and he uh, procured a fine beverage, uh, New Glarus being you know, one of the best breweries in the country and, and certainly the, probably the best in uh, uh, the great state of Wisconsin or southern Canada, whichever you prefer to uh, uh, yeah, call it. Oh, yeah, don't you know. Um, but uh, this week we are drinking Cherry Stout from New Glarus. And uh, this is a uh, kind of a, I think cherry stout might be a little bit of a misnomer. I mean, it is, it does have some roasted malt in it, but the way this thing uh, kind of pours out is like it is like reddish brown. Uh, it almost looks like someone poured you like a like a cherry coke. Um, so it's not like a super dark, like heavy, thick stout that like a lot of people get the impression of. Uh, it's definitely on the lighter side, and uh, it's not. Uh, it's not a really heavy beer. 
um, it's really, really heavily influenced on the uh, fruit side of things. Uh, it's kind of an interesting take on the on the style. Um, so it's like six and a half percent alcohol, so nothing prohibitive or anything like that. Um, and it has just huge cherry aroma up front, a little bit of funk to it. Um, it's got a, the the cherries are pretty tart, um, but uh, yeah. So you get uh, the roasted malt uh, just kind of on the nose. It doesn't really blast you uh, too hard, and then you've got uh, hate like, nose blast. No, it's it's awful. Don't ever get nose blasted. Um, but you get some coffee, obviously tons of cherry flavor, uh, a little bit of vanilla, and maybe probably like a hint of uh, oak and, and a little bit of chocolate too. Um, but yeah, it's very medium in body uh, and and kind of on the low end for carbonation. It's not uh, it's not overly carbonated, which is usually ideal for a stout. Um, really, you know, fizzy type beers don't really play well with that. And you get the the kind of the tart cherry to finish it off. So uh, yeah, it's a it's an interesting beer. Uh, it's, it's definitely worth drinking. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't let stout throw you off. If you're afraid of like the, those big dark beers, this one is a, a little bit of a lighter take on the style and the cherry really, uh, lightens it up too. Um, so on rate beer, this one clocks in at uh, 98 and on beer advocate, uh, and I've just recently, uh, expressed my dis well, relative displeasure, but Beer Advocate changed all of their rating system over. It's 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 good in the long run, but it screwed up a bunch of work I'd already done. Um, so this one is a 3.76 out of 5. They scrapped their out of 100 uh, rating system and are now going to a, a different scoring method. So Just three, to mess with you. 3.76 out of 5 is the score on Beer Advocate. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a very tasty beer. New Glarus doesn't miss very often. Uh, I would not classify this as a... As a a miss in any regard. It's just a, it's different. It's definitely a, uh, a, a different take on the stout style. Yeah. And one thing that I noticed is we got this straight from, it's a thumbprint series. So it's in limited release. So mm-hmm. you want to take and try to find it. If you are in the state of Wisconsin, obviously as we've talked about on this sh- episodes or shows in the past is new Glarus only distributes in the state of Wisconsin. So you have to take and go up there to find it. And I think you might be able to find it at some locations, liquor stores. Yeah. It, it's their, their thumbprints are pretty, uh, pretty well distributed. Um, but yeah, and this being one, that's not a, it's not unpopular, but, uh, it's not like people are going and bonkers and lining up to try and get it. So it, it's, it should be available in a lot of spots. It should be available in the fine state of Wisconsin. Yeah. But if you have the opportunity to go for it, uh, up to new Glarus, the brewery is uh, an amazing, amazing find. Um, it's about 45 minutes South of Madison, depending on, uh, you know, your ability to drive, uh, safely, uh, yeah. and <laughs> work a automobile. Um, yeah, but it was a, it's a fun place to go if you haven't gone. It's great. It's it closes, beautiful. It closes at 5, so make sure you do the prompt uh get up there and be back and sit. if you're having the opportunity, stay up in Madison. It's a great it's a great fun little weekend to go up there and take and do that. So. Yeah, it's always it's busy but never like it's never super crowded unless they're doing like uh one of their releases which they're only they only do those a couple times a year, so you're not gonna run into a massive crowd. Uh, they've got plenty of parking, um, and it's it's in a beautiful area. It overlooks the town of New Glarus. Um, it's yeah, it's well worth the trip. Uh, yep. It's one of the more picturesque breweries that you're ever gonna find, whether that's in the U.S. or Europe, anywhere else. It's uh, it's really remarkable what they've done up there. Yeah, and the grounds are nice up there. So do yourself a favor, get up there, get up, go up there, support your local breweries, um, especially you know independent uh employee owned breweries that put out great products like i know that i was very excited for this beer Mm -hmm. so without further ado i think we need to take and just hop into our first topic and i think it's going to be our only topic this week um 
And this one is not going to be one that's going to be the most fun to talk about as it's not going to be humorful or anything like that. But we, uh, both Steve and myself, are huge music fans. And, you know, this happened about a week ago, a little over a week ago. Um, the music industry and the world lost one of the greatest artists uh, known to uh, rock and roll, one of the best songwriters mm-hmm. ever, as in Tom Petty. And we felt it was only fitting for us to take in I only have an episode. We've talked about him on the podcast before, his yeah. musical influences, but it was only fitting to talk about like the impact of like his discography, his art, his music, uh, how it affects us, um, and you know, kind of have a in a memorandum about this. So <laughs> memoriam, yeah, not a, not a memo. Yeah, not a memo. <laughs> uh, um, no, and and to be fair, like we are a little bit late on this, but so when we recorded episode thirty-one. Uh, was the day that he went that the report came out that he was in the hospital and then there was all of that uh, you know I don't know if it's misreporting or details weren't out there but you know everyone they had been reported that he was already dead and then like so we're like oh shit well we're gonna scrap you know topics and then we're gonna talk about this you know that night because it was spot on like we were right on the time and then the reports come out well no he's not he's not actually dead yet and it's like okay, well, I guess we just have to wait and see. I mean, we could have easily been like, hey, you know, we know this thing is probably bad, but it's like it wasn't over, you know, he wasn't dead yet. And it's like you don't want to, we think it would be weird like if we were like going through this whole thing and it's like, oh, wait, like somehow miraculously made a cover. Obviously, he was in bad shape, um, but uh, it was, you know, we just kind of like the timing, we just made an executive decision. We're like, ah, let's just wait. And obviously it happened shortly thereafter. Yeah. And so like, I think the big thing for me is like, I've been a huge Tom Petty fan since the day I, I can take in, I can, not, I, I can't pinpoint the day and I know I'm going to be made fun of for trying to not get the year correctly here. Uh, but I remember taking and driving in our blue Honda Accord down to Tennessee on our first road trips. And my dad would take and reach in. We'd have like a cassette, uh, cassette cases in mm-hmm. the back, in the back seat, multiple, like, uh, before they had CD binders, they had cassette binders. Yeah. Right. And so this was <laughs> off of, he had, you know, I, I can't even remember how many different cassettes there. There was like the doors, the Bodines, all these things. And every time we would take and hit the road, leaving Chicago to head to Tennessee or wherever we were going. One of the first things that went in was that Tom Petty, uh, Greatest Hits album, mm-hmm. you know, it was the Tom Petty Greatest Hits or Damn the Torpedoes. And that sparked 100% my love of music as a child because um, every track was good. Like, I, I don't know if it was like my perspective, it was good. They didn't like he did. Some people say that he did the best things with an FAC uh, and G chord ever, like was the most prolific songwriter for mm-hmm. just using the same chord progressions. I don't know. Um, so it was always like from a young, young age, I was influenced by him musically. And to this day, 100%, anytime I listen to need to have that like quick pick me up of mm-hmm. like enjoyment, Refugee comes on. I put it on Spotify. I listen to it. I stop what I'm doing. And then I can feel better for myself. Yeah. What about you? Like, No, it, I'm in the same regard. Not necessarily like. I so like one of the first tracks I remember and like it just hit me at the the right age was uh so yeah um uh, you don't know how it feels um and that has been one of my favorite Tom Petty songs ever still is um but it was you know what that come out in 94 94 94 yeah. yeah so um 
you know, I was seven years old at the time and like it was on the radio rotation all the time. And like, I just remember like when that harmonica hits, like that's like that, like just stuck with me forever. And like, that's still like just a heavy backbeat on the, on the drums and then harmonica and like a very simple guitar part with no real, you know, it's not anything complex, a little bit of lead over it, uh, you know, towards the end, but, uh, that's like, that's a jam and like that stuck with me forever. And then I didn't really like, I mean, I knew all the other Tom Petty songs when I was younger and growing up, but like it, I really got into his music when I was in college and there's just a buddy in me, like we were, you know, we'd be drinking or whatever. And it's like, all right, let's throw on some music. And then, you know, Tom Petty comes on. It's like, okay, well we'll listen to this for the next three hours because there's no misses. Yeah. It's, it's something very easy to uh, do. And it's like, for me, it was always like a symbol of American culture. Like that true Americana, American rock and roll, you know, I've watched Like if you haven't done so, do yourself a favor and go watch. It might not be on Netflix anymore, but there was that documentary that they had the three hours of it, the first mm-hmm. hour, first hour and a half or almost four hours, like three hours and like 57 minutes yeah. or something like that. First two hours shows like the early stuff and some of the, like the things that he had and um, moving from Florida, finding the band, like getting started and then the forming of the heartbreakers and all this other stuff. It's just, it's just fascinating how he did it his way um, with the whole uh, God, I'm blanking on which label he was in lawsuits with in terms of like his, like basically over his can, catalog yeah, and everything. Over his catalog yeah. and publishing. And he's like, I'm not, you know, I, <laughs> he won't back down. I think, you know, that's a bad mm-hmm. pun or I don't even know if that was what it was writing. Like, but that is the, the true, like, sign of somebody who's standing up for what they believe in in the sight of mm-hmm. like egregious mistrust like everybody was saying that this is happening in terms of like the music space and you know having your own publishing rights and you sign a shit deal but he was the one who's like i'll take it to the grave i'll mm-hmm. take it to bankruptcy i don't care you're not going to scare me on that and i think if we had more people that would you know challenge that for their creative integrity and all that stuff it's it's interesting yeah um, i mean it was definitely a challenge to the the model of the industry. Um, and you know, that's one that, you know, anytime it's, you know, David, David versus Goliath type thing. And, uh, you know, he can, you know, he's, he pissed away. I mean, he shouldn't say pissed away, but it was, it was very expensive. <laughs> right. And, right. Uh, I mean, you fight, I mean, good for him for, you know, fighting that battle, um, for what he, you know, for what he believed in. Cause a lot of people would just back away and say, well, you know what, I'll, I'll be comfortable with what I make. And, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, deal with not having full control over everything. Right, right. You know, trade a trade a little bit of uh, you know uh, financial security, you know, and and give up a little bit of freedom. Right, right. So, like, what about for you? Like, I know from my perspective, Tom Petty. Like, I first was introduced with him, and I think it was had to have been you know, "Damn the Torpedoes." Mm-hmm. Um, hearing that record, obviously on tape. And then everybody, which was issued, had a Sony BMG or a Music House or a Columbia <laughs> House uh, uh, account, you know, send two cents in and you get 12 albums, <laughs> got the Tom Petty Greatest Hits, which is one of the greatest things. Um, one of the things that I remember from such a, such, a, such a young age was being exposed to some of the other works that he did, um, especially one, like, which I could consider one of the first supergroups. Like with the traveling Woolberries, yeah, um, definitely one of the first. One of the first with uh, George Harrison and Jeff Lynne and Roy Orbison and Tom. And I'm thinking to myself, and Bob Dylan, right? I 
I, yeah, I think I, so. I'm as not well. gonna. Yeah. I won't speak out of turn, but yeah, I'll double check that. But it's like that was one of the bands that I heard too. It's like it's not just like it's not just one person. You know, it's these greats, and it's like he was able to go into you know Beatles, Roy Orbison, and take and be able to offer these songwriting abilities that you know they he wrote a bunch of those tracks. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, the uh, I don't know. The cool thing for me, Tom Petty, is like the the fact that the songs that he wrote like are not like you said they're like you know a four you know four chord progression like none of the stuff that he did is like necessarily overly complicated and it's like so as like a beginner guitar player it's like you can play bits and pieces of like those songs like barely knowing hardly anything right but it's you know sometimes there's big power and simplicity and like that's and and that's not to that's not saying like there's bad musicianship because it's that's totally not it. I mean, there's just uh, you know sometimes the those most impactful parts of songs are just very basic and you it's just the way you hit them at certain times and 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 in the song that uh, you know really make an impact. And uh, that's definitely one thing I appreciated. Like just rolling through and it's like oh I'm just gonna pick up this riff and yeah okay well I can handle that because you know my crappy piece of garbage uh bc rich guitar that i first got it's like hey this this guitar totally doesn't match what i want to play but hey i can play a tom petty song (laughs) yeah that's always good it's like i don't know when the first time i i think it was later in my career that i started not career like like i'm a my my musical career my musical aptitude (laughs) that i started playing tom petty but it was like one of the first songs that i ever learned from like one of the first songs i ever learned was the chord progression to mary jane's last dance Mm -hmm. and it's just like it's it's unique enough, but it's so simple enough that it's all in opens. Yeah. It's, you know, first position, it's there, but it's like it's very, very impactful. You learn it, it's like, okay, this is this is powerful, powerful stuff. Like, I don't know. I had the opportunity this year to go see him live at Wrigley Field and I am beyond grateful because he was uh, him and the band were celebrating their 40th anniversary mm-hmm. uh as being the Heartbreakers, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And for me, that was interesting because I remember for my entire life that being like a staunch moment or like a tied to traditional memories of road trips, Mm -hmm. like as going through road trips and doing all these other things. And literally from the initial onset of the first song to the final strum of American Girl at the end um, and then the fireworks show, it was great. And. I know when we were there, I was joking to my friend Andy, who was there with me, and I'm like, "Man, Tom Petty is one of the nicest guys ever. He thanks everybody <laughs> five to ten times. Thank you, thank you, thank you for clapping after every single single song." I'm like, "Is he just trying to catch his breath, or like that's like <laughs> what's going on?" But it was one of the best shows ever, and I'm so so thankful and grateful that I was had the opportunity to do that. Cause I, no, I, I bet you no one would have expected what was no what was to come. And there were that. there were some reports like towards the end of the tour that like he was having some health issues, uh, and he was in a lot of pain apparently. Uh, and there was you know, obviously, I mean, at that age, I mean, a, a tour like that is a lot of work, no matter what, and uh, lots of dates yeah, on the road. And uh, I mean, it's not not necessarily you don't think that at the end of it it's like okay you're literally gonna play your last show and then die like that's it's crazy i mean it's it's almost poetic but at the same time it's like it's very sad but it's it's like almost perfection as far as like hey 40th anniversary tour you literally play your last date and off you go 
Yeah. Like it's it's sad, but uh kind of you know, it's one of those rock and roll things I th- it feels like almost. Yeah, it's 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 very I, I'm not going to say ironic. It's just I think sad's a great way to say it, you know. It's yeah, untimely. I mean, I'm personally bummed that I did not go and see him. I was I mean, the summer like you had the tickets to go see him at Wrigley, then he played Summerfest and it just didn't line up with my schedule. And I was like, "Okay, well, you know what? You know, it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, well, Tom Petty's going to keep playing. Like, he's not going to die. <laughs> like, well, yeah. I mean, eventually, obviously. But it's like, I saw the Rolling Stones a couple, like, what, three years ago, four years ago? It's yeah, like Keith Richards can still right. be playing. Right, and like, you're like, okay, well, I scratched that one off. And it's impossible to scratch every single band off your list. And, I mean, things happen, and uh, that's part of life. But, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a bummer. Like, he was supposed to play in Berkeley. Um and then they cancel that show I well, think he for was, rain yeah. and then there was some issue like I think there was rain and then health like yeah he of, he had like a bronchitis or something some like LA that show yeah too, I um and uh, yeah I mean so he was in Berkeley California and I was like that was when you were coming out to visit like we in theory could have gone to that show we had it been played going, yeah, yeah. Um, it was crazy expensive but uh, like. So, that would have been yeah. it would have been awesome, but yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like yeah, you know, it's it's a missed opportunity. I'm bummed about it, and uh, you know, it, I guess it just motivates you to like go and see whatever bands when you can. Yeah, absolutely. And I think about it like too, just like you were talking. We were just talking about it before we started about uh, how you went and saw Cal Jam, mm-hmm. uh, and we're at the Foo Fighters, and I can't help but think back that you know the influences and. Like the the serendipitous, like almost happening, the Foo Fighters never would have happened kind of moment, uh, because Dave Grohl got that call yeah. uh, to go play on SNL for Tom Petty, and then he turned it down. Mm-hmm. Like he turned that down. Like, and I remember seeing like you remember watching the back and forth uh, documentary, and it's like, yeah. And I remember taking and hanging the phone up on Tom Petty <laughs> after telling him, "No, I will not take an offer yeah. to join your band." Um. It just shows like the amount of influence that has, and like we've been seeing like as different things come out and different tragedies have happened with other artists and other stuff. Um, the amount of influence that, that spreads across genre and um, all these different things, um, in terms of just the artists and all these different um, you know genres. I know that he is. Many, many, many artists have been touched by. Oh yeah, I mean, like the acumen and songwriting ability. You, it would be, I think you'd be hard pressed to find one that said that they weren't in some way, like, or or that they didn't like Tom Petty. Like, I I don't know, I don't remember where I saw this. I, it was it was a few years ago, and it was someone who had said like, yeah, you know, you know, eventually there will be a world, you know, where Tom Petty isn't on it, and it's like. And that'd be fine, but do you really want that? No. Yeah, it's like it's it's just a you know it's a it's a all time great that uh, you know is lost and you know you, people say like oh yeah like he's had you know there's some big songs it's like go through Tom Petty's catalog and like or like even if you're on Spotify or if you're on you know Google Music or or whatever whatever you listen to it's like just go to the top tracks and then go through and it's like go through how long you have to scroll to get to the bottom of that and find one you don't recognize exactly it's gonna take you a little while. I mean, the greatest hits album is one song after another. It's twenty, what, eighteen songs, twenty songs or something. Yeah, like something that. along those lines. And and, and one of his biggest hits. songs is was released on that. Yeah, Mary Jane's <laughs> Last Dance was released for that album, yeah. like specifically. It's like, oh, we're gonna make a greatest hits album. I don't want to do that. So he writes a song on it. <laughs> That's one of his best songs of all time. 
I think like if we look at it, like what would you be like? F- what would be your top three? Um, three, maybe five. Like I don't know. Oh well, I mean, I have three right off the top of my head. So running down a dream. Uh, you don't know how it feels, and I need to know. Right there. I mean, that's the hands down. I could I can listen to those three any time of day or night, and they're not getting shut off. They're Solid. not getting switched. They're not anything. Especially, uh, you don't know how it feels because that like that is my ultimate like if i'm driving and that song comes on like the windows are going down it could be like 40 degrees outside the windows are going down and i'm going to crank it as loud as it possibly goes yeah for me it starts obviously it it all starts and finishes with refugee um just that you know mike campbell riff mm-hmm. at the beginning on top of that it's perfectly layered it's refugee breakdown american girl um you don't know how it feels uh and i'm trying to blank on right now um what am I th- breakdown? Yeah, you said breakdown. Yeah, and, and it's that good. Yeah. So when we went to Cal Jam, um, so a bit big music festival that the Foo Fighters threw a few a few weeks ago, um, it was kind of cool uh, because like so it was Foo Fighters headlined it with Queens of the Stone Age and Cage the Elephant, Liam Gallagher, uh, who else played uh, Royal Blood? Like there there was a ton of bands and uh, they Cage the Elephant was like the First, of like the headlining acts, I feel like they sure, they sure. went on at like at like six o'clock and did like an hour set. And the first song that they came out and played was Mary Jane's Last Dance, and like just hammered it like right from the get go. And so that was that was really cool. And then going to like Queens of the Stone Age didn't do anything like directly, um, but then Foo Fighters came out and they were playing My Hero. And then so instead of like everything that they had on stage, all the video and and crap. Like everything dimmed, and they were just playing it, and then they just had a huge picture, you know, Tom Petty in the background. And it was cool. Like they didn't, like I've seen Foo Fighters play. Like they did Breakdown when we were at, uh, and they did like an extended jam on Breakdown when I saw them at the Metro, um, which is awesome. Mugs. And granted, I think they may have been drunk or just fooling around because they roached like several parts of it. But they admit it. They're like, God, we're fucking this up badly, like in the middle of the song. But they just kept playing it because it's a great song, and who cares? You know, it's a it's a cover song. You just go and do what you can with it, and you you know you let the professional do it in his way. And it's like you know they're just showing their you know where the where that influence comes from. Yeah, it's it's it's, it. it's more about you know it's it's like the the gift. You know, it's the thought is more important than the gift. Yeah, I feel sad, um, sad that we lost the legend in terms of like the music space. I feel sad that a generation to come will never be able to see him live. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel compelled as a, somebody who plays music, makes music, uh, loves music to continue to share his music throughout the rest of my time on this, you know, because it is just simply like, it's amazing. It's simply, it's simply irresistible. <laughs> like it is, it is Coca-Cola on a hot day. It is perfectly, it summarizes like American rock and roll, like that you can do it. It's not swampy. It's perfect songwriting. I know I've said that already, but you know, there's no other words that really can describe it for me. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's definitely unique too. Um, I mean, between his voice and just the way that like it, it's simple, but but unique enough to the point where it, it, it stand it stands out on its own. And like, there are a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people and a lot of bands that can play, 
you know, three chords or four chords and, and they can make the same song over again. And it's like he could do that and make songs that sounded drastically different. Just, you know, obviously there's lots of instrumentation and stuff on the on the records and stuff, but uh, it's a it's a gift uh, when you can <laughs> when you can kind of take very limited uh, source you know material, raw materials and turn it into something that's uh, that unique. I mean, you got eight of them. You got eight chords, eight notes to work with, right? Mm-hmm. You know, different octaves and all that stuff. But you got eight of them. You can make different combinations and all that stuff, but you, there's a limited uh, amount that you can turn out uh, just simple magic with. Mm-hmm. And I think that he was one of the best, magi- not only musicians, but I mean, magician uh, in terms of that as well. So Yeah, I mean, so I remember going on Twitter. This, this is a while back, but... Uh, there was, uh, I you know I follow Guitar Center and for some reason I don't know, but uh, I at I one get that fifteen percent coupon <laughs> that they emailed me from a person that's clearly not a real person every single week, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so I go on and the Guitar Center in Hollywood made a post, and I am like, all right, well let's see, and it's a like of a receipt, and you can't really tell what it says, and like they had tagged. Um, you know, they're like, oh, like they, they put some pun on a Tom Petty lyric in there and you look and it's Tom Petty, the receipt from like the seventies, he had gone in there and bought like a, a Telecaster or something. And it was, you know, they, they have it, the sale price on there and everything. And they're like, oh, you know, glad we could help you out, Tom. You know, anytime you want to give us credit for that, you know, we'd be cool with it. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's funny. A little snarky Twitter humor for, uh, for that. So, um, Anything else? Anything you got? Um, go listen to Tom Petty. I yeah. mean, probably gonna do that on the way home. I mean, why not? I, I and Johnny Cash's cover of "Won't Back Down" is sweet. Yeah, it's very good. And Tom Petty's on it too, so it makes it even better. Yeah, I think the best thing to do is, uh, like, what we're gonna do is we're gonna throw some Tom Petty on, uh, and listen to that, and you know, ride, ride out of here with uh, some goodness. There, we're going to run down a dream, perhaps. Yeah, we won't back down. <laughs> I'm not going to do any more puns. Yeah, <laughs> we won't back down. But yeah, uh, from here, us sitting here at oh, this podcast, uh, all that I can say to wrap up in terms of this segment is we miss you, Tom. Uh, thank you for everything that you've done music-wise. Your art has inspired us. Thanks for listening to the podcast, too. Yeah, thanks appreciate for that. Yeah, We really that. appreciate that. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything, any other <laughs> way to uh, do that. You got any last thoughts? No man, let's. Uh, I mean, call it what it is. I mean, don't want to don't want it to be sour because like it sucks, but at the same time, like it it's anytime you pop on a Tom Petty song or any any music, it should be a celebration of what was done at the time and and how long it lasts. And, and you don't want to don't want to look on it back as like oh you know that's this sour note or anything like that. You know, go and enjoy it because it's uh, it's something to be enjoyed. Absolutely. Well. With that being said, Patrick, shall we wrap this up? I think we should. We, we should. Shall. So if you would like to connect with us on the interwebs and you've gotten your 40 hours of AOL time, uh, you can find us at ohthispodcast.com and you can get uh, the episodes of the show and all sorts of other good stuff there. You can also get us on iTunes or on uh, Google Play, anywhere you like to get your podcast. That's where we reside. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. We would really appreciate that if you like the Facebook page. Same thing on Twitter if you follow at oh, this Podcast, or if you want to follow myself at Steve Hombaker or Patrick at, at P for R1. You can follow us there and see what we're following and talking about and interacting with the various other peoples on the internets. 
the trolls. <laughs> Twitter's a wasteland. But Patrick Patrick just has, is a is just a bot. Anyway, so he just automate automate sends out his tweets. <laughs> I'm just guarding bridges. Wanted to reset. No, no, no. We we do not do anything like that. Uh, yeah. So you can follow us on uh, on there. Uh, you can also support the uh, show if you're so inclined on Patreon. Uh, you can go there and uh, give us a few bucks if you feel like it, or just uh, you know you know scope out what we have to offer and and hit us up on there too. Like if you got a suggestion or something, you guys want to uh, you want an idea of, you know that you want us to talk about, or you got a beer suggestion. We like those too, so uh, you can hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, anything like that, uh, and we'd be happy to oblige if uh, you've got a good one. Absolutely. Do us a favor. Go to Wisconsin. Go to New Glarus, get the cherry stout. You'll like it. And if you don't like it, get some Belgian red, pour it in your cherry <laughs> stout, and make it an extra cherry. Make make sure you bring, if you like beer, if you like to drink beer. Um, <laughs> you like to drink the alcohols. <laughs> um, if you enjoy yourself some beer, uh, bring your, you're going to want to bring 100 bucks or so to New Glarus, and you'll walk away handsomely you'll be rewarded they will if you it's like the you know going to a slot machine that always pays out they you hand over your currency and then they give you back a prize yeah uh, it, a tasty prize yeah it's i mean like, you can't lose you can't lose <laughs> you know the only better winning solution is the slot machine that atm slot machine <laughs> you just push the numbers in and it always pays out that's a i gotta talk, i have a friend who works at a slot machine company i gotta talk to him about uh if there's any way to hack those hacking the gibson <laughs> hack the planet so But until next time, I am Steve, everybody. I'm Patrick. And we are out.